You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name's Randall Beatley, and we have our NXT review show for you on this beautiful Tuesday, and let's jump right in it, um, the fallout of Vengeance Day. Now, typically, I would give a review of Vengeance Day Um, but here's what, what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do this a little backwards and that may be like a special episode that I record later down the line. Maybe, maybe later this week on a, a free day, potentially, you know, Thursday or Saturday or something like that. I'll do a, a review of that. Cause what I want to do is I want to be able to watch the show with the commentary. I was in the show or in the arena live as the show was going on. And so I don't want to review it without understanding sort of the context of the commentary. What people don't recognize about wrestling is the commentary is almost essential to understand the full grip of, of the story. And so we may or may not do that. I, uh, if I want to give a review though of of the show, I'd want to overall from an in arena experience, it was great, and that's where I'll sort of leave it with that. Um, if you haven't watched Vengeance Day, spoiler alert! If you have watched it, there's you know nothing really. I mean, you should know what happens. Um, so we're gonna dive on in to this episode from that literally as I'm recording this would have just ended um we uh we start the show with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and Carmelo starts with a um we 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 start with Carmelo giving this big promo about him going two and zero with Apollo Cruz, or on Apollo Cruz in the best two out of three match. Which is, if you recall my predictions of the show, that's what I said I wanted to happen. Because a lot of times when you get these type of matches, you typically get one fall, then it becomes one and one tied up, and then it's a battle for who gets the se- the last fall. And I, I, I'm glad they went the the sweep, the sweep route where, where Carmelo Hayes swept uh, Apollo Cruz. I'm happy they went that way. Um, essentially, 
um, not Apollo, uh, Carmelo's whole promo essentially went around with he is him, he's the guy, he um, and that there was one more guy that he needed to put on a t-shirt, alluding to Braun Breaker, but in comes J.D. McDonough, who um, basically says, you know, you haven't beaten me yet, you can't hold my jockstrap, um, and this leads to them making the match, uh, or making the match for JD McDonough versus, um, Carmelo Hayes, um, that will happen later in the night. Um, we then get a backstage segment with Kiana James and Fallon Henley, Fallon and then this what happens here is what was sort of assumed of going to happen. Fallon Henley um, tells Kiana James, "I'm hey, I watched back the match. I'm upset. You held her feet. We cheated to win. We got we we must give them the rematch." Um, and then also at the same time tells Kiana James she has to. Tell Brooks Jensen who she was on the phone with a couple weeks ago. Um, and then they walk through a door to a, a, a surprise party. And then that sort of happens. The surprise. And the coolest fucking entrance of the night. Saul Ruka sort of like transition into her entrance where they, they, they play the waves. And they sort of like put her name on the screen. That's the fucking coolest entrance of the night. Like every time they do it, it just it it's amazing. Like the amount of production there and 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 um sort of how much they're pushing Sol Ruka is fantastic. She has a match with Zoe Stark. In the end, she loses the match. It was a very good match. But but and this is a very important thing. You don't have to win every match to be pushed and 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 to be seen as entertaining Sol Ruka um I would say it's leaps and bounds better than a majority of the NXT locker room um you get a bunch of she, she Sol Ruka what she does is just like fantastic right for how little she's been in the business for um Zoe Stark wins the match. Post-match, Zoe Stark goes to continue to the attack on Sol Ruka, who then um, does the Soul Snatcher, which is the official name of of her, um, her finisher. And that's sort of how that segment ends. And so even in a loss, Sol Ruka sort of gets the high ground here. She gets the final laugh. Um, and so you, you you accomplish two things. You still make Zoe Stark look very good. You make her look look menacing. You look her you make her look, you know, like the character that she's playing and make her look uh, like a threat while still making Sol Ruka look like the star in the making that she has the potential to be. Um, we then get Daba Kato 
versus Dante Chen. Supposed to be a squash match. Here is... Um, but before that, actually, before before that, you come back from commercial. And what I like about NXT is they like we see Dabacado return. We we get the recap of his re- his return, and then they go to commercial break. And instead of just going straight into the match when they come back from commercial break, we add in somewhat. We go back to the to the thread, right? There's a thread that went through this whole show for the most part, and that is the party thrown for Kiana James because we come back to this party and that's where um we see pretty deadly arrive blaming Chase U for them not being champions Andre Chase then challenges pretty deadly to a match um and you know we then go to Davocado versus Dante Chen um I'm not upset uh, upset with the match necessarily. I'm just irritated with how the industry handles squash matches. Where like, there's no reason this match had to be longer than 30 seconds. Have Dalwakado throw Dante Chen around a little bit, then do the sit down power bomb, one two three in the match. Right, Dante Chen didn't have to get any offense in. Um, if the job is getting Dalwakado over as a threat, you don't need Dante Chen getting offense in. Um, that's just my take. That's the only thing I have a problem. I had an issue with, with this match was they had that sort of the setup of Dante Chen getting in offense and it, it made the match longer than it have, than it had to be. Um, but Davocado wins. Um, we then get a recap of in this year versus the creeds. Um, we then go back to sort of like a uh, footage, previously filmed footage of Diamond Mind being, or, or Ivy Nile being evaluated in the training room. Um, Isla Dawn makes her entrance, then and then coming back, we uh, we get Isla Dawn versus Tatum Paxley. Um, Tatum Paxley, um, she could be a star as well. I could see it happening um, of, of her breaking out this year as well. Isla Dawn ultimately gets the win. Kind of figured that was going to happen. It looks to me like Isla Dawn and Alba Fire is going to be the big push in the women's tag division. Um, we then get Carmelo Hayes versus J.D. McDonough, um, which was a... You know, it was the match you thought you were going to get. Like, it was a banger of a match, right? With with spot after spot after spot, and, and it was very good. It was definitely a premier live event style match. Um, this match ends with Carmelo Hayes winning after Ilya Dragunov returns. Um, and then... JD and Dragonoff sort of run through the arena and that segment ends. We then get a backstage segment where Tiffany Stratton sort of like putting on her makeup or whatever. And Thea Hale talks to her about a, a TikTok she recorded about Chase U. Um, and I'll just say this. Thea Hale has so much fucking potential. Like she's already so good at, at the business 
um, at a, such a young age. Thea Hale is what makes Chase U almost. I don't want to say like I liked Chase U before Thea Hale got there, but I liked Chase U because Andre Chase was a local wrestler to the area, and I've seen him wrestle in the indie scene, and I just I I supported him because I wanted to see him blow up, right? But then you add in at the time it was Bodie, but Bodie ends up get, uh, getting released. And then you add in Duke Hudson, which adding Duke Hudson into this feud made me like Duke Hudson, right? Adding him into the Chase U, now I'm sort of like, yeah, Duke Hudson maybe has some potential. Um, and But Thea Hale is what sort of makes the group what it is and why I I love it even more. And so she's just, she's so wonderful. At, at what she does she, at, at such a young age, so much potential. Um, anyway, the, this segment ends uh, with her. Uh, so essentially she asked Tiffany Stratton why she doesn't like Chase U. The answer essentially is that she, Tiffany calls Chase U cringy, annoying, and that no one wants to go there. Um, and basically, Thea Hale's response is, if you don't like Chase U, I got two words for you. Suck it. Um, and then what looked like, and I'm going to assume based off of what happens later in the night, that it was Ava Rain uh, sort of kidnapped um, her. And I can actually confirm it because she did. Ava Rain did tweet later something about like having to put her down or something. Um, and so Ava Rain sort of like kidnapped Thea Hale. And we then go to commercial. We come back from the commercial. Um, again, the thread Fallon Hen- Henley goes to Brooks Jensen. Um, Brooks announces he's spending Valentine's Day with Kiana James. Next Tuesday, and um, you know this the 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 sort of story being told here now is the like who like who's going to tell Brooks about the phone call, right? And 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 how does that end? And and then we go into Lyra Valkyria. Um, I may have fucking butchered that name, but I I can't do names that that are, you know, Valkyria, who, who really cares how it's pronounced, versus Valentina Varos. Um, Lyra wins the match. Um, Alexa Lopez comes out, you know, the whole story between them. And that's what I like. Every single match, and this is my thing, right? I've always said this. I'm not a big fan of... I'm not a big fan of having matches just for the sake of having matches, right? Were there a lot of matches on this card tonight? Absolutely. Could they have taken one or two out? Sure. Um, but every single match had a purpose, right? Even someone like Dabacado in the match, the purpose was to get him over. And I think it did a somewhat okay job. We'll see later down the line. But every single match that happened tonight, what was the purpose of this match? There was a story with Valentina Varas and and Alexa Lopez and and, and the, the tugging of Varas being pulled 
to do what Electra says, but also being pulled to do what Wendy Chu says. And Wendy Chu's sort of like the angel, and Electra Lopez is sort of like the devil, right? On her shoulders. And, and which way does she go? And she hesitated, grabbing the brass knuckles in this match, and that ended up costing her the match, right? So as long as you have a storyline behind the match, I don't mind the match happening. But my issue, in the, and Raw had this last night, and SmackDown does it every now and then, and AEW definitely does it, where they just put on matches for the sake of having a match. And and that's part of why I like NXT so much, is it seems to be more character-building storyline than, than just having matches for the sake of having matches. Um, following this match, we get sort of like a, a travel blog of, of the weekend at Vengeance Day with Wes Lee. Um, I'll say this about that 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 video package. It made Wesley super likable. He's the biggest face in NXT, right? It it made him super. Like I sort of didn't care for him at all going into like going out of Vengeance Day, going into to the night. When you asked me, you could have asked me, what do I think about Wesley? And I would have been like, eh, he's there. He's the North American champion, but I honestly don't care about him. Right, but that video package in and of itself sort of gave me it's sort of the same feeling that that you can have for like Sami Zayn where like you want to cheer for him because you see how hard he he's worked his ass off to get to where he's at. And I know his story like like his story of of his journey to get here and right and and, and I want to see him succeed now, right? As as a uh, as the babyface, right? And so that was a cool um, a cool little video package that really, I think, it got him over. We then see Tony D and, and Stax Lorenzo come up and was like, we want to be compensated for helping you retain the title. Wesley says that he doesn't owe them anything and that actually next week I'm having an open challenge. Um... We then get a match of Odyssey Jones versus Stax Lorenzo. I'll be honest. I didn't really pay that much attention to this match. Um, Before this, though, coming back from commercial, we have Tyler Bate cutting a promo on Grayson Waller. um, And they're going to have a match instead. Um, We then have the Stax Lorenzo versus Odyssey Jones match. uh, Stax wins. Um, in a, a pretty decent match from the parts that I saw of it. Like I said, I didn't pay that much attention to it. Um, Gender and Indy Shear then cut a promo talking about they want the, the, the respect that that they deserve. We come back from um, break. Chase U is having a match versus Pretty Deadly. Um, before the match starts, while Chase U's making their entrance, uh, they sort of try to figure out where Thea Hale is. Of course, we know she got sort of kidnapped, um, and that plays a very important, uh, role in the, the end of this match. Solid match. Um, and let me tell you something. Both of these teams are fantastic. That tag division in NXT is so stacked. Um... We get the C-H-A-S-E-U, Chase U chant, and then all of a sudden, 
Thea Hale comes running down, screaming. So Duke Hudson goes and like calms her down, which then leads to spilt milk by Pretty Deadly and the end of the match. Stare down with Gallus. Um, we then get Drew Gulak and Hank Walker in the back talking. Uh, Charlie Dempsey then comes up and uh, we basic Gulak basically says Hank Walker's ready for a rematch with Dempsey. We then go to commercial for the main event. We come back from commercial. We get the main event segment, which is uh, Bailey talking the toxic attraction. Um, in a sense, there's a lot of tension. They're going back and forth about it. And Bailey sort of reconciles them, says that they'd rather be together. Um have one more run, right? Right. That that is a it's a shark tank, as I think are the exact words that Gigi Dolan used, and that she wants someone that she could trust by her side that has the same goals as her. They sort of come together and they then say we're gonna have another we want to have one more run together. And they're like, Do you want we want to run in with the NXT women's tag team champions? No, we're gonna challenge damage control, which, you know, is Wonderful. Now, I felt that they could have done a much better job selling this last night um, when Lita came back. I understand the big plan is Lita, Becky, and Trish versus Damage Control. That's the plan. Trish will probably get announced next week. Um, and that that's the big plan for the match. But it would have been cool to have Toxic Attraction come out and make the assist. Um... Instead of Lita, uh, then maybe have toxic attraction, then sort of say, Hey, Bailey, you're actually going to be facing these two at Elimination Chamber. Um, but have toxic attraction come out and attack Dakota and an EO last night, and that would have perfectly set up the opportunity for them to have a match at a WrestleMania, right? Uh, which I think would have been perfect. Um, so we sort of assume that this is how it's going to end. And then as we're getting ready to go off air, JC super kicks, uh, GG and, um, throws her into the door, kicks her through it. Um, Gigi really sold this off, like with the crying and everything. This was it was perfectly sold. They had me for a minute because, like, this is what I, this is how I figured this would this segment would go. But then they sort of came together, hugged it out, and you, they had me for a second. I was like, okay, they're going to keep them together. And then, of course, the the turn happens. Now, J C Jane is the star in this group. I've said this before. I'll say it again. JC Jane is the star in this group. Gigi is very good. Like me, not, but JC Jane's the, the next big star out of the group. Um, and so I'm glad that they had her sort of do the turn. You can now have the match at stand and deliver between the two. I think this was the direction they needed to go in. If you weren't going to have someone come in and replace Mandy and Mandy doesn't have plans on coming back anytime soon, and even with that, um, I think a turn was needed anyway. Because um, Toxic Attraction, 
ran its course. It was three years, which is crazy to say. Like, literally, what, two, three years of toxic attraction? That's insane. That's literally insane that, that it's been that long. But but it's also, it, it's even more insane. Like, I, I, I catch myself thinking about this sometimes. How, like, teams like the New Day have been together for, like, 15 years. Or how the Usos have been, not 15, the New Day is about about 10. About 10 years for the New Day. Or how the Usos have been at the top of the tag team division for, like, 10, 12 years at the very top. Like, that's insane to me. How long some of these teams have been together Um and how quickly time has gone past, right? Because I still remember the New Day forming, right? And so 10, 12 years down the line, they're still a thing. You know, tag teams just don't last that long. A lot of times they run their course. And Toxic Attraction had to run its course. And unless you were going to put a new leader and in sort of Mandy's role, and the only person that really fit the bill, you could have put Chelsea Green in it, or you could have put Sonya Deville in it. Those were the only two that really fit the bill. Um, and, of course, it's not what they wanted to do. But that's how the show ends. And I thought that that was a very, very good show. Right? Very, very good t- uh, program tonight. I enjoyed it. it. NXT is starting to become my favorite TV show that I watch. Definitely the best wrestling show out there, in my opinion. Um, but it's it's becoming one of those things where, like, I can miss Raw and be fine. I can miss I can miss parts of SmackDown and be fine. But I really feel like I have to watch NXT because it is entertaining to me. Um, so yeah, that's that's our NXT review. Um, tune in tomorrow, guys, and we're going. Like I said on. Monday's episode, we're going to essentially play like talent police here. Who who do we keep? Who do we cut? Um, I cut a fair amount of the roster. I've already wrote them down. I've confirmed them. We'll, we'll record that tomorrow. Have that up um, on all the, the streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you on that episode until then. Have a great rest of the night. I will see you on the next episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Again, my name's Randall Beatley. You can find me on TikTok. And really, please go over to TikTok. Go follow the page. It's we 2 deep 413 wetoodeep 413 Thank you all for supporting. I will see you on the next episode.